I'm Zoe Miguel Nixon, and today we're talking Nicola Yoon's Everything Everything. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Papers. If this is your first time joining us, the Pop Culture Papers is where I look back at my papers I wrote in undergrad when I was consuming pop culture for my classes, reflect on those times that are and what has changed since then. I hope you have had a good week. I have just started student teaching and classes again. While I genuinely enjoy those things, I am glad to take a break and indulge in one of my favorite pastimes, reading! Which brings us to today's topic and one of my favorite reads of 2017, Everything Everything by Nicola Yoon. Once again, this is brought to you by my Dark Side of Interpersonal Communication class, but I promise the next few weeks will be different classes. As it is Black History Month and Valentine's Day is coming up, I thought we'd kick off with someone who so beautifully writes young adult romances with complex black girls as the main characters. For context, let me tell you about Everything Everything. Everything Everything was published on September 1st, 2015 to wonderful reception with specific praise to the novel's lyricism and imagery. The novel tells the story of 18-year-old Maddie who has severe combined immunodeficiency, also known as bubble baby disease. As her mother, a doctor, keeps her from the outside world, she takes an interest in the new boy next door, Ollie. They start a friendship online until her nurse Carla begins sneaking him in the house to meet and their friendship becomes something more. Maddie begins to take more risks without her mother knowing and soon uncovering truths she didn't know. The novel was adapted into a movie in 2017 with a May 19th release date, starring Amanda Stenberg as Maddie and Nick Robinson as Ollie with an absolutely stacked soundtrack. I personally love this book. Staying up late just to finish it and bawling my eyes out. I was working at the House of Blues in Anaheim at the time of the movie release and just remember clocking out and bolting to the AMC at the outlets in orange to catch a 7 p.m. showing the day before the movie came out. While I don't think I've watched it since then, I remember loving it and I still take many young adult adaptations this seriously to this day. Today's paper is called Everything Everything and Equivocation. Grammarly says this is my first ever perfect paper as it told me to fix nothing. So you're fully getting the original copy here. This one as another one I finished at 1 a.m. Um, because I just never slept in undergrad, I guess. <laughs> to define equivocation really quick, it means the use of ambiguous language to conceal the truth or to avoid committing oneself. Onto the paper, everything, everything, and equivocation. In the young adult novel, Everything, Everything by Nicola Yoon, Madeline takes an interest in her new neighbor, Ollie, but isn't allowed outside because she has severe combined immunodeficiency. When they begin their friendship, it starts on a number of equivocal messages because she doesn't want to talk about her illness as she doesn't know how he'll take it. Madeline and Ollie begin instant messaging each other when he begins asking her if she's grounded because he never sees her outside of the house. She responds saying that she's not, but she can't leave the house. In this way, she employs a defensive strategy, answering the literal question but not the intended meaning of the question because what Ollie was really asking is, why don't you ever leave the house? Another defensive strategy she uses is stock phrases. She starts to answer his questions with, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. With this, she's covering what she wants to hide while giving him a standard response and hopes her apology prevents him from pressing the issue further. Another example seen in their messaging is ambiguity in the meaning of their messages. When messaging one night, Madeline asks him, what have you got against capital letters and proper punctuation? He responds in all lowercase letters, who says that I do? And 
no um, question mark. <laughs> With this, there's a contradiction between the verbal and nonverbal elements. He's saying that he has nothing against capital letters or proper punctuation, but the way he typed it out would suggest otherwise creating ambiguity. This is something I have very few notes on because now that I read it in full, it makes sense to me and I really enjoy that young adult novels just use this whole thing of equivocation because they are teenagers who don't really know how to talk to each other and don't know how to talk to each other in real life because they basically met through instant messaging and they are flirting with each other in this very strange way. <laughs> I just really like Maddie and Ollie's dynamic throughout the book and how their friendship deepens and grows into something more even if the ending if you've ever read or seen this ends up being a little ambiguous itself so the whole book could be a lesson on equivocation um and I just thought this was a great example of it at the time so I had fun writing this paper so what has changed in the past four years since writing this by the time this comes out, I'll be 24. I feel the exact same way about these books as I did when I was 19, so nothing has changed on that front. Nicola has released a second book, The Sun is Also Star, in 2017, which also got an adaptation in 2019 starring Yara Shahidi and Charles Melton. I also highly recommend this book. She will also be releasing her third novel this year titled Instructions for Dancing, which will be released on June 1st, and with any luck, hopefully another adaptation. Her husband husband David Yoon has also released two young adult novels, Frankly in Love, which has also been optioned to be a movie, and I thought it was great, do love that book, and Super Fake Love Song, which I got for Christmas and I'm so excited to read. He's also releasing a third novel this year, but this time it will be an adult debut called Version Zero. I have met Nicola a few times and having her sign my books was amazing. She is so sweet and joyful and has one of the best signatures in my everything everything book she uh signs it thanks for everything everything and i just think it's so cute and she even apologized for my many tears over her work um she truly inspires me as a writer because i want to move people the way she does through a beautiful mastery of language and belief and love um, as you can tell, I just get very emotional over her stuff. So I'm very, very, very excited for instructions for dancing. And that is all I have for you this week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Big thank you to Mandala for letting me use She Don't Mind as my theme song and my outro. You can find them at Mandala CT. This was all written, edited, and artwork and produced by me. The score you hear in the background was Ludwig Goransson. You can find us on Instagram at Pop Culture Papers and on Twitter at Pop Culture Paper. If you're interested in reading papers with its full set of references and slides, I upload them on Mondays. So watch out for those on the socials and I'll see you next week as we live to write another day. Bye!